Chase some dong. That's right, it's baseball season, otherwise known as dong chaser season. We have everything you need to make some money and catch those dongs. Today we've got DFS credits, top stacks, lineups, BVP, weather, and of course, dong chasers. I'm Heath Cummings. You can follow me on Twitter at Heath Cummings SR. Joined by Mike McClure at Mike5754 on Twitter. Mike, let go! Let's go. This is, uh, this is the day we have both been waiting for for probably the last two months, definitely the last several weeks. Uh, I'm very excited for baseball season. It's definitely my favorite day of the year. All right. Let's just jump right in because we have so much to cover. Not enough time to get to it all. So DFS strategies start with stacking offenses. Are you in favor of it? Is it just for tournaments? Is it just for cash games? Is it just for course field? How do you feel about stacking? I definitely am on board with stacking. I think that, you know, if you're looking to win large tournaments in daily fantasy baseball, you're going to play multiple lineups. You're going to have to stack a few different offenses each day. Uh, I do think it's a viable strategy in cash games as well. I think the thing about stacking is it's really just slate dependent. Uh, you really have to look at the slate, understand what's going on. Uh, so, you know, like today there's a couple good environments that you're going to want to stack in. And the things that you're going to be considering, it's, you know, it's not necessarily just the opposing pitcher or the quality of the lineup you've got. It's really the run scoring environment, whether that's the ballpark and or the weather. Uh, but in general, I am definitely in favor of stacking. And I, I think you'll see that as you see some of the lineups that I build. Uh, going and forward. just to, clar- to clarify, in case you are just completely new to MLB DFS, stacking is putting a bunch of hitters from the same team in a lineup. Generally, hitters that line up back-to-back-to-back in the order, preferably hitters at the top of that order because they get the most plate appearances. I do like, with good offenses, like the Astros, for instance, today. It's near impossible to play a good pitcher and stack the top four in the Astros lineup. So I like doing something like putting Jake Marisnik at number nine with the top three in the order. Yeah, no, that's definitely something you can look at. And, you know, I do the same thing. Sometimes... Even if I can afford them, uh, one way to get a little contrarian in tournaments, if you know everyone's stacking one through four, I kind of like to maybe go five, six, seven, uh, you know, just different ways to get contrarian. You know, the offense is still going to be in a good spot. Obviously, it's contrarian because you're taking less plate appearances, but it is one way to differentiate yourself if you know a team is just far and away one of the best offenses on the slate. Let's talk about pitcher selection. Today's interesting, of course, because most of the aces are pitching. Now, if you're playing over on DraftKings, there's only one of the super aces available to you because Clayton Kershaw, Corey Kluber, both pitching at night. Max Scherzer's already been rained out. So Chris Sale's really the only super ace. Are, are you, do you have a general strategy on this or does it really depend on how cheap the hitters are? Do you pick your hitters before your pitcher or which way do you go? Um, it really, really depends on the slate. So early in the season, uh, like on a site like FanDuel, the pricing is going to be pretty loose in that, you know, there's going to be value hitters everywhere. So it makes a lot of sense to pay up for some of the top guys, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, today, Kershaw, Kluber, Sale, any of those guys. I think one of those guys is going to be where you're going to want to start your cash game lineups. Uh, now, over on DraftKings, it's a little different because you get two pitchers. So I like to be able to load up on some of the hitters as well. So I like to, like I said, balance out with two kind of mid-range pitchers as opposed to paying up for one of those studs. Uh, but one thing to really keep in mind with pitching at this point in the season is we don't, you know, the weather's a lot cooler. 
So some of the aces aren't nearly as valuable as they are in the summer months because with the cooler weather, the ball doesn't travel quite as far. So some of these guys that are, you know, allowing contact and not really striking people out, they, you know, the gap between them and the starting pitchers that are elite like Kershaw isn't as large as it is, say, during the summer months. Let's talk about the drift differences between DraftKings and FanDuel. You hit on one of them in that you have two starting pitchers on DraftKings. Also on FanDuel, you don't have to play a catcher. They've combined catcher with first base, which adds a lot of interesting strategy because those catchers are super cheap. First baseman, obviously, almost universally better hitters. It, it really makes that interesting. And then there's only two outfielders, or there's three outfielders, but there's also a utility spot. Yeah, no, having the utility spot, I mean, you know, everyone says that we've lost the first baseman, essentially. I, I don't really agree with that because of the utility spot. You know, you could easily play two first basemen now. You can play the catcher. Again, like I'm talking about pitchers, it's very slate dependent. Uh, like if you normal slate, there's going to be several top elite options at first base that you're going to want to play. You look at today's slate, and I don't really see that. So I think today's slate is one where on FanDuel you probably want to play a catcher, and then if you like a first baseman, you probably try and plug him in at the utility spot. What would you say are the most important stats to check each day? Uh, for me, are, are we talking pitchers or hitters? Let's just general. Give me give me one of each or two of each. Okay, well, for me, it's certainly going to be weighted on base average. Uh, everything I do is centered around the weighted on base average, whether Whoa, for hitters. Yes, WOBA. Uh, and it's, you know, we're looking at WOBA splits, you know, left versus right. Also looking at um, exit velocity and some of the distance on the balls, launch angle a little bit. Um, that's not typically too useful early in the season until we get, you know, a week or two sample size to kind of look at how hitters are hitting recently. But those are the two things that I look at the most. And then, of course, you've got to look at Vegas. We, we look a lot at the implied run totals of certain teams, which offenses are implied to score the most runs. We want starting pitchers that are going to get wins. So which starting pitcher is projected to win by Vegas? Those things kind of elementary, but again, we may have some people that haven't played a lot of MLB DFS. Speaking of implied run totals, let's talk about our top stacks of the night. The offenses we want huge chunks of. Now, I, I'm sure my numbers are wrong, Mike, because my numbers say that the Royals are tied with the Astros for the highest implied run total at 5.1 runs on opening day. That makes what? That is, uh, it, it, that has definitely changed, but the Royals do remain one of the top offenses. The Astros will lead the slate though with an implied run total of 5.4 runs. Uh, they're on the road in Tex against the Texas Rangers and Cole Hamels. Uh, the second highest team right now is actually going to be the Baltimore Orioles. They're implied for five runs against Jake Odorizzi. Uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about there is that's one of the best uh, run scoring environments of the day. It's going to be one of the warmest environments at 70 degrees. Got some humidity there, little wind, um, you know, low chance of rain. And typically it's not a horrible park there in the AL East. So the, uh, the Astros and the Orioles have the two highest implied team totals. So what that tells me, because my, my numbers were obviously a little bit older, there is money coming in on the Astros and the over. And there is money coming in on the White Sox and the under. Yes. I, that like, is, uh, people are betting on James Shields. People are betting on James Shields or they're betting against Danny Duffy. Um, you know, I, I would rather bet against James Shields, but, uh, I, I can't imagine backing James Shields with my hard earned money. So Astros and Orioles look like a couple of the top stacks. I, I think the Royals still one of my favorite stacks because I don't think James Shields is any good. 
And then another one that we didn't talk about yet, and it's interesting. The Milwaukee Brewers, we will talk later in the season about positive and negative park factor shifts. And going from Miller Park out to Petco in San Diego, a pretty negative park factor shift, but they're facing one of the worst starting pitchers, not James Shields bad, but Clayton Richard. And they have a string of right-handed, cheap batters in that five through seven range with Manny Pena at catcher, with Orlando Arcia at shortstop, with Domingo Santana in the outfield. That, I, that is going to be one of my favorite stacks today. Yeah, I think the Brewers are one of the better, what I would like to call value stacks, as you're kind of looking at there. You know, you're not going to have to pay a premium to get those guys that are going to be in the good spot. So I definitely agree with you there. The Brewers, you know, while the implied team total puts them pretty, you know, middle of the pack to below, that's really just a product of that run scoring environment in San Diego. Uh, I still like them and very good value stack if you're going to pay up for someone like Kershaw. And I don't know how Mike hasn't mentioned this stat yet because I know it's the first stat that he looks at every morning when he wakes up. It's how he chooses his lineups. It's how he chooses how to avoid. It's BVP, batter versus pitcher history. Okay, Mike doesn't really care, but we're going to go over it anyway. And I've got some I think you're going to like. Mike Moustakis, 1483 OPS, 5 for 10 in his history with a home run. Are you going to have some Mike Moustakis today? I'm going to have some Mike Moustakis in my life today. Uh, I think Absolutely. He's, he, he, he's my number one third baseman over on FanDuel, and uh, he's in consideration for being the top on DraftKings as well. Mookie Betts, 1352 OPS with four dongs and 39 plate appearances against Chris Archer. DJ wow. LeMahieu, 1209 OPS in 40 plate appearances with three dongs against Patrick Corbin. Evan Gaddis, 1120 OPS in 25 plate appearances with three dongs against Cole Hamels. I like that one. Uh, Evan Gaddis is my number one catcher on both sides today, so. But, but not Mookie Betts versus Archer. You're not buying into that? Uh, I have no interest in Mookie Betts versus Chris Archer today. How about Nolan Arenado with a 176, 243, 294 slash line over 37 plate appearances against Patrick Corbin? I would not want to be Patrick Corbin today. <laughs> Cole Calhoun, a guy that I think will be popular because of pricing and because of his matchup against Kendall Graveman, 192, 250, 346 over 27 plate appearances against Kendall Graveman. Rugnet Odor, 0 for 18 with five strikeouts against Justin Verlander. And Paul Goldschmidt, 0 for 11 with five strikeouts against John Gray. Wow. I would, uh, the Rugnet Odor one, that's fine. I don't mind it. Uh, I would not be afraid of playing Paul Goldschmidt against anybody, so. Yeah. Uh, th these are largely for entertainment value only in terms of Mike's opinion of them. I enjoy watching Mike squirm because a lot of times guys that he liked just happen to pop up on the BVP, the good BVP side, and then it makes it look like Mike's using BVP to pick his hitters. Real quick weather update. We've been very fortunate today in terms of weather. Most of the time, my opinion for hitters is going to be ignore weather because games don't actually get rained out very often. It's a little bit more worrisome for pitchers because we do have delays on a more regular basis. Today, we've already had two games rained out. One of those games is one of the three early games that we're not even going to talk about because those early games are probably happening right now while you're listening, and the main slates for both sites don't cover them, but Pittsburgh at Detroit has already been rained out. We've also lost Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals. Their game with the Cincinnati Reds has been rained out. 
I don't see any other real concerns, even for starting pitchers. There's, there are going to be some, some rain showers, but nothing I'm really that concerned about and not, not huge wind other than in Texas, we're going to have double digit winds blowing out to right field in what was already a great offensive environment. Yeah, not a, not a big concern, uh, for the weather today. Like you said, I, I tend to agree with you on, you know, kind of ignoring the weather for hitters in terms of like rain delays. I definitely don't, I wouldn't say that I ignore it in terms of like, wind and heat uh and air density and some of that yes but uh today yeah texas that uh that environment in texas is going to be the top environment which is why you see the astros with that implied team total of 5.4 runs the one the other thing we haven't talked about is lineups and interesting lineup news because that makes a big difference you would like to preferably have guys at the top of the lineup because they get more turns at the plate one of the more interesting things, and I wonder if this caused any type of shift in your model, Mike. You talked about how Baltimore was one of the best environments for hitting today. And Jake Odorizzi is a pitcher that has always had success at home, but not really been that great on the road. Camden Yards, he's really been bad there. Chris Davis is leading off for the Baltimore Orioles, hitting ahead of Manny Machado. This is a big development, isn't it? It's a big development. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'll tell you one thing. If I'm looking to stack the Orioles, I love it because now the strikeout with two men on base isn't going to happen because Chris Davis is going to be hitting in front of the production. So you're uh, not so a I'll Chris take, Davis guy. No, I, I'm not a big Chris Davis guy here, so I actually don't mind it. You know, it's unfortunate for the, the first at bat that they're going to give the guy that's most likely to strike out. Sure, he might be most likely to hit the home run as well, but they're going to give him the extra plate appearance with nobody on base. Um, generally I don't like this spot for him, but I, I love it because, uh, Odorizzi's actually kind of had some reverse splits over his career and has been worse against right-handed hitters. Uh, so I like the fact that Chris Davis is not going to be in the middle of those three to four guys that I want to stack today. So your Orioles stack would be like Machado, Scope, Adam Jones, and Trey Mancini. Absolutely. That is, that is very interesting. I think, I think a lot more people are going to play Chris Davis because of this. Oh, definitely. Uh, and you know, in it's, in theory, it's somewhat correct. Like you definitely want to maximize plate appearances. Uh, but I think that this is a situation where I'm going to avoid him because, you know, at this point in DFS, almost everyone knows that you want to maximize plate appearances. So you can see, I, I mean, I bet we're going to see a 20% increase or more in Chris Davis's ownership percentage just because he's leading off. And I, I don't know. I don't agree with that. So I will definitely be fading Chris Davis now that he's leading off. Very, very interesting. Okay, let's get into the actual slate now. We'll start with starting pitchers. And we have an ownership report, ownership projected ownership from our friends at UF Collective on Twitter. You can go at UF Collective. They offer ownership reports to project ownership. Very important for tournaments because you don't want to have a lineup full of guys that are 20% owned. It's going to be difficult to make a very good profit doing that. So as we go through the site, I'll kind of talk about who the chalky players are, and then maybe we'll look for a contrarian option. Doesn't matter as much in cash games. On FanDuel, the chalk today at starting pitcher, unsurprisingly, Clayton Kershaw is the second highest owned projected pitcher. The first is actually Chase Anderson because of that matchup with the San Diego Padres. Anderson, the second highest on DraftKings. On, on DraftKings, it's pretty easy to see the chalk at starting pitcher is going to be Chris Sale. Just because there's no Kershaw, there's no Kluber, and Scherzer's been rained out. He's projected to be at 28.6% ownership. The only pitcher in the top six in terms of price that's below 10% is Justin Verlander because of that offense environment. 
Wow, that makes me uh, like Justin Verlander a lot more because I, I do like this matchup for him. Uh, you know, early in the season here, I know that it's a, a tough environment, but in reality, when you look at that environment today, just because it stands out above all the others, it's not really a great environment in terms of like what you'll see throughout the rest of the season. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's nothing that he hasn't pitched in before. So I, I really like Justin Verlander if his ownership is going to be that low. So you like owner- Verlander because of the ownership. Who are you planning on playing in terms of the big name starting pitchers today? Uh, on FanDuel, I'm definitely going to play Clayton Kershaw. I just, I don't see any reason not to. Um, you know, the implied team totals that allowed, you know, he's implied to allow just 2.5 runs, which is over a half a run lower than any other team on the slate or any other pitcher on the slate. Uh, the Giants, you know, just the, the high, you know, Kershaw has such a high win probability in this game pitching at home at Dodger Stadium. Against Ty Block. He's, yes, against Ty Block. He's easily the number one starting pitcher for me today. Uh, and after that, I'm probably going to be taking the value route and looking to the mid-tier on FanDuel anyway with guys like Justin Verlander, uh, even taking a shot on someone like Garrett Richards. Uh, so th- that's kind of where I'm at. At the top, it's going to be Kershaw for me, and then I'm actually going to be fading Chris Sale and Corey Kluber. See, I like Chris Sale a lot, and some of it is a little bit BVP-ish, but it's a it's a great environment. Obviously, Tampa, a terrible place to hit. The Rays lineup, I think, is actually worse than it was last year, and last year he faced them six times, struck out 66 batters in 40 innings. On I'm going to have a lot of Kershaw in cash on FanDuel, but I do think I'll have more sale in tournaments. I'm going to have more sale on DraftKings, obviously, because Kershaw is not available. He will be my most owned pitcher on DraftKings. Well, I, uh, I I can't hate the strategy there. I mean, it's very clear that he is the top overall pitcher in terms of, like, raw fantasy point projection there. Right. Uh, I, I'm just choosing to pay up for hitting a little more on DraftKings than I am on FanDuel tonight. Let's talk about those value pitchers. I've got one that I really like a lot, Garrett Richards, who is projected to be about 19% owned, not a contrarian play, but not the most, not one of the top three most high, highest owned. Wow. Not one of the top three highest ownership percentages in terms of projections. 6,800 on DraftKings compared to 8,000 on FanDuel. That's why the ownership is so high over on DraftKings. I think Richards is a very good pitcher. That number's a little bit low because he's just been hurt so often. Great environment in Oakland against a not a great lineup. Yeah, no, this is a really good spot for Garrett Richards. Uh, I wouldn't be worried at all about the uh, the road game in Oakland. Uh, like you said, it's a very good pitching environment here. Uh, the lineup really, you know, they've got a couple pieces that make them interesting this season, but overall, not a lot to be excited about right now. So Garrett Richards is easily my favorite pitcher that goes in my DraftKings lineup. So when I'm building lineups on DraftKings today, he's actually the first player that I'm putting in my lineup before any other hitter or pitcher. Now, I know that I said Chase Anderson is one of the highest projected on the highest on FanDuel, second highest on DraftKings. I know there is also a pitcher in that same price range. I think you're playing over Chase Anderson in tournaments. Uh, yeah, in tournaments, just because of the ownership game, I think that I will be pivoting to Danny Duffy uh, at home in Kansas City against the Chicago White Sox. Uh, you know, Coffin Stadium's pretty interesting because it really, you know, based on the time of year and the weather, it really changes how it plays. But the good news is, is it's going to play like a very big ballpark today. It's going to be a very nice uh, pitching environment for Duffy. I know he had a little concern with the shoulder in his last spring start. Uh, I think he's fine. I mean, I know he's obviously getting the opening day start. And the only knock that I have on Duffy, which is why I think he'll be very low owned, 
is the White Sox are going to have eight, possibly nine right-handed bats out there. So he will not have the platoon advantage likely at all today. But they're not a very patient team. They will strike out. I think Danny Duffy is the better play in tournaments. I, I love him in, tur- in tournaments. I couldn't use him in cash at all. But, and Because the other thing that we, we didn't mention, like in his last start, Danny Duffy walked like three batters in a row and came out with a little bit of elbow pain. And he said that he pitched the entire year last year with elbow pain. So I, I, I like they say he's fine. He says he's fine, but he has. If you were asking me who is the most like likely pitcher to leave a game with an arm injury today, he's right up there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly risk. Uh, you know, you have to kind of know what you're getting yourself into there. But with that risk potentially comes the reward because I can't see him being more than five to 10% owned today. So we're going to start our DraftKings tournament lineup off with Richards and Danny Duffy as our starting pitchers. And we've got all the money to spend on hitters. Let's get anybody else you want to talk about real quick at pitcher before we move on to catcher. Uh, really not anybody at this point. I mean, I think Aaron Nola is a very interesting tournament option on the road in Atlanta uh, at his price point. I don't think anyone's going to play him. So he, you know, just because of that, I think he's interesting on FanDuel. And one of the bigger, tougher issues in Atlanta is that the ball seems to really travel well out to right field there. The, ball, the wind will be blowing in 10 to 15 miles an hour from right field. So I do think that helps Noel out quite a bit. At catcher, I know you said Evan Gaddis was your favorite option. On DraftKings, he looks like he is also the chalk at about 7%. So nobody's too chalky. It's very well, very evenly distributed. On FanDuel, we have no idea what's going to happen to get with catchers. Let's be honest. Like there are projections here and nobody's projected for more than two or 3% ownership because this is a whole new ball game with catcher and first base being combined. Yeah, no, it's definitely a whole new game. We have no idea what the, uh, what the field is going to do. Um, I mean, when you hear that and see that though, like, kind of makes me want to just play a catcher if I think that I'm going to get someone that's 5% owned or less. I, I think that that's kind of the route that you should definitely be taking. Yes, I would just say that that is maybe, and I I have I've used UF Collective a lot in the past. I really think they do a great job in ownership projections. We wouldn't be talking about it if we didn't. That seems like maybe the least reliable thing we could have because we've never seen this position exist before. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I think you gotta just kind of play it, you know, based on the slate and today's a slate where I think you probably should just play a catcher. Yes. Uh, Manny Pena is my favorite cheap catcher. $3,000 on DraftKings, 2200 on FanDuel. Great matchup against Clayton Richard. Again, I talked about how I want to have right-handed Brewers and he makes that very easy. Yeah, he's uh he's definitely on my short list. Uh, you know, I, I still far and away have Evan Gaddis as number one, but he is definitely on the list as one of the alternatives for me for sure. Gary Sanchez is thirty nine hundred on FanDuel, a thousand dollars more than any other catcher. He's forty seven hundred on DraftKings, thirteen hundred dollars more than any other catcher or eleven hundred more than any other catcher. Do you have any interest in Gary Sanchez? Uh, I mean if I did it would maybe be on FanDuel or you know if you're looking to stack the Yankees, absolutely. Go ahead and play Gary Sanchez. Uh, but if you're talking just a standalone play, I don't see any way that you pay up for Gary Sanchez today. Who are you leaning on, leaning towards at first base today, other than Lucas Duda? Because I know you're going to say all the Royals. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lucas Duda is pretty clearly the top play for me. Uh, interesting play would be Carlos Santana, uh, now a member of the Phillies, playing on the road in Atlanta. Uh, I think that that's a really interesting spot for him. He will not be very highly owned. At least I don't think that he will be. Um, so I, I kind of like him. 
And then yeah, I we, guess finally Chris Davis, uh, yep. you know, at, at that ownership percentage. Um, and, you know, I mean, at, at that price point at 3,700, he does make a lot of sense. He's a hundred dollars less than Duda. And all that does is make me feel very good about rostering Lucas Duda today, knowing that he just took a hit in ownership. Well, and it's really interesting because the projected ownership, of course, came out before we had the Chris Davis lineup news. Lucas Duda was the highest projected ownership at first base, 10.6%. Wow. He was the third highest on FanDuel. I do think that ownership takes a hit because Chris Davis didn't have hardly anything in terms of projected ownership. So I do think we'll see that come down. I like Ryan Braun. I, I don't expect him to be very popular. He's only 2900 on FanDuel. Same price as a lot of the catchers. And he, again, with that great matchup against the lefty Richard, I will play some Chris Davis. And then one that I think will be uh, well under the radar. He's eligible at first and third on DraftKings. We're trying to, we've talked a lot about it. We're trying to target hitters against bad pitchers. I'm going to say a hitter against a good pitcher. That's Joey Gallo against Justin Verlander. With the wind blowing out just a little bit, with the home run issues that Verlander has had in the past, even when he's been great, and with Gallo hitting second, I, I like him a lot at 2700 on FanDuel. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. Joey Gallo's got as much pop as anyone here. The weather, you know, at this point in the season, this is pretty much the best it can get in terms of, uh, you know, home run environment. So I, I do think Joey Gallo is interesting, especially hitting second. At second base, we've talked a lot about that game, Houston versus Texas. The by far and away chalk at second base is Jose Altuve, 4300 on FanDuel's, not, and it seems too cheap. 52 on DraftKings, a little bit more reasonable. Projected 21% ownership on FanDuel. I know we're both going to play a lot of Whit Merrifield. Yep. He is at 3,300 on FanDuel, 4,300 on DraftKings. Who else are you looking at at second base? Uh, I tell you, the guy that I'm looking at pretty heavily right now is Jason Kipnis. Uh, I'm not a Felix Hernandez believer right now at all. So I, I think that the Indians are a pretty sneaky team here on the road. It's not a good run-scoring environment typically. But Kipnis should hit second in this lineup at 2,600. I kind of prefer to pivot away from Altuve and maybe spend a little more on some of the other spots. Uh, just, you know, Altuve, look, he's a great play, but baseball is such a high-variance sport when it comes to hitting that if I know that that guy's going to be so highly owned, I, I would much rather just take advantage of the ownership get someone like Kipnis in there and spend at another spot when someone's maybe taking a value play like a punt outfielder that really doesn't have home run upside. Now, Kipnis is an option on FanDuel. He's not part of the main slate on DraftKings because he's in that night game. Um, but yeah, I think, I think on FanDuel, he's an excellent way to go. We started our FanDuel lineup with Kershaw, Evan Gaddis, and Jason Kipnis. Let's move on to third base. Who are you looking at, Mike? Third base is going to be another Kansas City Royal with Mike Moustakis. I think he makes the most sense, especially on FanDuel. And then over on DraftKings for me, it's going to be Manny Machado. Uh, Machado, fortunately for me, I love both of those guys. He's shortstop on FanDuel, so that that's really going to help a lot. Uh, but those are the two guys that I have the most interest in, and they're pretty much in all of my lineups so far. Yeah, Moustakis is projected to be the chalk at third base, 15% ownership at fan, on FanDuel. 13% on DraftKings. We've also got uh, Tim Beckett, Tim Beckham, but Beckham's shortstop eligible, so I think that's why he's getting a boost in ownership there. And with that pretty good matchup, he'll be hitting right after the Orioles that Mike wants to stack. Um, I, I think, I think there's a couple of other guys that I'm a little bit interested in. 
Joey Gallo, we already talked about him. He is third base eligible. Moustakas is a guy I'm going to have a ton of. Uh, it's it's maybe just that easy. Yeah, it's that easy for me. Um, you know, look, if you want to make a pivot away from Moustakas, Chesler Cuthbert for the Royals, hitting fifth against James Shields. I think he's got some upside. Absolutely nobody's going to play him. Uh, but I do think that he has nice tournament upside. Uh, you know, we want to pick on James Shields as much as we can today. So. so you know that James Shields is going to throw six shutout innings with one strikeout and 14 fly ball outs to a warning track. Uh, I mean, it's that's one possible <laughs> outcome with James Shields. Uh, I would like <laughs> that, to that think would be that disgusting. that's not going to happen. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that's actually going to happen either. But that is, uh, there's certainly enough variance in baseball for something like that to happen. Looking at shortstop Carlos Correa, by far and away the chalk. Only $4,000 on FanDuel, just $100 more than guys like Francisco Lindor, Manny Machado, 500 more than Corey Seager, 600 more than Xander Bogarts. He's projected at like 18% on FanDuel ownership, 14.4 on DraftKings. What shortstops are you leaning towards? I mean, I like Correa, but I have Manny Machado slightly higher in my model. Uh, so I'm going to be using Manny Machado on FanDuel for sure. Uh, it's really nice to know that there's only a hundred dollar difference and the, the field is kind of interested in Correa, which makes sense. I mean, it's the number one scoring environment in offense today. Uh, but like I said, I have the Baltimore Orioles as number two and I, I really like Manny Machado here. And then over on DraftKings, I'm going to be using his teammate Tim Beckham, uh, from the Baltimore Orioles as well. I, you know, at 3,800 on DraftKings, I think he makes a ton of sense. I am going to have a ton of Orlando Arcia. Because I don't expect anyone to play him. I like the matchup against Clayton Richard, and he allows you to get like. And part of the reason is because I'm starting off with the idea that I'm going to play Chris Sale on DraftKings, and it's yep. difficult to play Manny Machado and Chris Sale together. Like it gets a little bit easier to play somebody like Arcia. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense there. And one more thing I wanted to point out with with you talking about Arcia there, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to hit seventh or eighth in the lineup there. Don't be afraid of doing that, especially if it's a team that's on the road. Uh, anytime you can take advantage of a road team, you're guaranteed that extra at bat in the ninth inning. Uh, that, you know, so when you do that and you're obviously targeting it on an offense that's projected to do well, someone hitting seventh or eighth there is essentially the same as the guy hitting fifth or sixth if he's playing on the home team there just because of having that guaranteed ninth inning, no matter what the actually happens in the game. Uh, so I'm definitely on board with Arcia there. I think he's a good punt at shortstop. Okay, let's get to outfield where it gets really interesting. First off, it's ridiculous that John Jay is going to be chalky today. It's more ridiculous that I don't care and I'm going to play John Jay anyway. He's a bare minimum $2,000 on FanDuel going up against James Shields. Jay last year at a 375 on base against right-handed pitchers. Shields allowed a 384 on base to left-handed hitters. Everybody's going to play John Jay and that's just, you have to be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, John Jay is the free square today. You have to play him. Um, Especially if you're playing someone like Kershaw, Sale, Kluber on FanDuel. Uh, you just, you gotta play him. You know, there's no real upside in terms of like hitting home runs, but he could get on base. He should get on base. He could probably score a run or two. I think that, you know, John Jay is a must play. There, the projected ownership, especially for the expensive guys, Aaron Judge on FanDuel is projected at 24.1% ownership. Trout and Stanton both below 10%. I, like, I, I was afraid too many people were going to play John Carlos Stanton. It doesn't look like that. I'm choosing him over Trout today, not because I think John Carlos Stanton's better than Trout, but he's in a much better hitting environment in Toronto than Trout is in an Oakland. And that doesn't matter as much for Trout, but also Stanton against left-handed pitchers 
is Mike Trout. He had a 1,200 OPS last year against lefties, over a 1,000 for his career, and that's 900 plate appearances. I'm doing everything I can to get Stanton into my lineup. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Stanton is by far and away the number one hitter in my projection model. It's really not close. Uh, so if you're prioritizing someone, Stanton is the guy that you want to pay up for. Um, I, I don't have Aaron Judge in the top three. Uh, so, you know, playing Aaron Judge over Stanton to me would be a mistake. Uh, so I totally agree with you there. Mike Trout is definitely second for what it's worth, though. And to be clear, like, we're not saying that Aaron Judge might not hit two home runs today. It's, it's Aaron Judge, but I don't think that's the right play. I think Stanton is the better play there, especially if he's going to have a third of the ownership of Aaron Judge. If we're going to play Kershaw and Stanton, though, we may need two cheap outfielders, not just John Day. Are there any other value outfielders that you like on this slate? Uh, there are a couple. One guy's actually in that same game. Curtis Granderson is the cleanup hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays today, uh, which is an interesting spot. I mean, I know, look, you know, it's not the best matchup with Severino, but, you know, against lefties, he hasn't been elite. Uh, so I think that Curtis Granderson could be an interesting sort of a punt option if you're looking to punt someone, you know, in that run scoring environment, which is still one of the top two or three environments of the day. So Curtis Granderson is probably one of my favorite uh, real punt outfielders after John Jay. And then that will put us on FanDuel with 2,400 left, 2,200 left for our utility. I don't know that I like that. We may have to switch Machado over to Arcia. On DraftKings, it gets, it seems like it's, it's a little bit easier, but just because we went with the cheaper, uh, the cheaper op- options at starting pitcher. In fact, we've got way too much money left on DraftKings. So we get to have a little bit of fun over there. How do you, like, are, are you, Interested in trying to build a lineup with both Mike Trout and John Carlos Stanton? On DraftKings, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're not paying up for Chris Sale, I think there's zero reason to not have Stanton and Trout together. Uh, they, you know, for me, they're number one and two in the projection model by, a, again, a pretty good margin. Uh, so for me, that's exactly what I'm doing on DraftKings. So here's where we're at with our DraftKings lineup. And again, remember, this does not include the late games. We're not talking about the early games. The nine-game slate that's been reduced to eight because of the rainout. We've got Danny Duffy and Garrett Richards as our starting pitchers. Evan Gaddis at catcher. Whit Merrifield, Mike Moustakas, Tim Beckham, Giancarlo Stanton, Domingo Santana, and Mike Trout. But we still have $5,700 left, so we can add yet another elite hitter. I don't know why I have Domingo Santana in there. We didn't even talk about that. I like Domingo Santana a lot in this matchup. He has crushed lefties over his career. He has something to prove because they have too many outfielders, and there's a decent chance he's not going to get to play much against righties. So I I do think I'm going to have a lot of Domingo Santana, but for this particular lineup, I'm not sure it makes sense. I think it makes more sense when you're putting him with Manny Pena and with Orlando Arcia. Yeah, no, I think he makes way more sense if, as, as part of a Brewers stack there. So I, I would probably upgrade him in this spot if we could. So who is your third, your third favorite outfielder on this slate, regardless of price? Uh, very clearly George Springer for me. Uh, Springer's a guy that because of pricing, I'll be prioritizing maybe over Stanton and Trout on FanDuel just because I, I still like guys like Machado and some of those others, but. You know, in terms of just overall raw projection, it goes Stanton, Trout, Springer. Those are the three outfielders I would love to have in a perfect world on DraftKings. Well, it's a perfect world, Mike. We're just living in it. Danny Duffy, Garrett Richards, Evan Gaddis, Whit Merrifield, Mike Moustakas, Tim Beckham, Stanton, Springer, and Trout. We have 4,700 left 
for a first baseman? Is it as simple as just play Reese Hoskins against Julio Tehran? Uh, I like that. I don't think a lot of people are going to play Hoskins there. So, yeah, I like that lineup a lot if you do that. And, again, this is a tournament option, tournament lineup, but Duffy, Richards, Gaddis, Hoskins, Merrifield, Moustakas, Beckham, Stanton, Springer, and Trout over on FanDuel. Again, we may have to go back from Manny Ch- Machado to Orlando Arcia unless there's one more cheap player you like. I'm afraid we have too many. We've got Kershaw, Gaddis, Kipnis, Moustakas, Machado, John Jay, Stanton, and Granderson. Yeah, I think that you probably have – look, all you can do here, in my opinion, is you drop Machado to Arcia or you drop Stanton to Springer. Uh, those or are the two could- options. Okay, let, let's go with Machado to Arcia. Okay. I don't want to drop Stanton. I, it, it, and you'll, you'll see why in just a minute. Yep. So for utility now, that leaves us with $3,800. Who is your favorite player at any position? I love this new feature on FanDuel. Who is your favorite player? Is it Springer? Definitely George Springer. So the FanDuel lineup, Clayton Kershaw, Evan Gaddis, Jason Kipnis, Mike Moustakas, Orlando Arcia, John Jay, Giancarlo Stanton, Curtis Granderson, and George Springer. We're going to win all the money. It is time for what you've all been waiting for. It's Dong Chasers time. What is Dong Chasers? You pick one player that is going to home hit a home run tonight, hit a dong tonight. If you're right, you get points. How many points? We don't know yet because we have not even devised the scoring system, updated the scoring system. We can't use Chris Towers' scoring system again. Chris has already picked Cody Bellinger. We would like for you to pick. On Twitter, hashtag Dong Chasers, at me, at Heath Cummings, SR, at Mike, at Mike, 5754. Send us your Dong Chasers picks. We will even have some prizes a little bit later in the season. No uh, no clues as to what that will be, but there, there will be some prizes for sure very shortly. Mike, do you have your Dong Chasers pick ready, or do you want me to just say mine because you know who it is? I'll let you say yours. My only question is, is are we factoring in salary in our scoring system? We are factoring in salary in our scoring system, but you don't get any points for picking a cheap player that doesn't dong. So I'm taking the sure dong of the day, John Carlos Stanton against any left-handed pitcher. But, and that includes J-Hap. Give me John Carlo as dong chaser. I like it a lot. I'm going to give you a guy that's only 2,600 in the outfield. We didn't talk about him much on the show here, but Trey Mancini. Uh, yes. I'm going to go ahead and get ahead on the uh, the salary here, and I'm going to take the cheap dong, 2,600, Trey Mancini. And there are points, bonus points, for double dongs, which guy hits two home runs, triple dongs, guy hits three home runs in a game. And if you can get three or four dongs in a row, you get that dong train bonus. Man, it was good to have baseball back. Do we uh do we have a a grand dong join it a, a grand dong bonus for a grand I will dong. add a grand dong bonus as well. That's going to do it for the opening day edition. I did not mention and thank you Adam Azer for getting in my ear. Adam Azer is participating in Dong Chasers and he is taking Manny Machado today. So we've got Chris Towers with Cody Bellinger. We've got Adam Azer with Manny Machado. I'm taking John Carlos Stanton and Mike says give me the cheap dong. I want Trey Mancini. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back a little later today with an NBA podcast. I'm so glad baseball's back.